0: KFNC, Mont Bellevue, Houston. Oh, that is so 90s. ESPN 975.
1: This is Money Line. This is Money Line. This,
0: this is Moneyline on ESPN
1: 975.
0: And on ESPN 975.com just talking if they hate it you know they're watching enjoy the show enjoy the show enjoy the show enjoy the show, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. by my booking and thrive plus my and thrive plus live from the Wreckerswarehouse.com studios here's jerry bow and josh jordan Nice camera action
2: Hello world, welcome in to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning and we're ready to rock and roll this thing in studio with the statistician at Jordan PFX is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's going on, Jerry? Did you have a nice, happy turkey day? I'm still in a turkey uh, days, I guess you could say. But uh, <laughs> all that football action that we had that day, we were just talking about it. All the gambling, all the DraftKings action. I feel like uh, I'm in mid-season form. I'm, I'm, I'm in perfect timing right
3: now. No doubt about it. How about that college football
2: yesterday, too? Wow. It's all these overtimes. Let's talk talking about this college football action. We got an Aggie guy right in front of us, behind the glass, the DJ that jams 10 to
4: 12. Leading you up to kickoff every morn every Sunday morning. Cap, Gig'em fellas, how's it going? Oh, we're doing great, bud. Uh, why don't you tell everybody about your your little streak of college betting there? What, what are you on now? I am 13-1 and one the last three weekends since I became a degenerate gambler, thanks to you guys, so <laughs> <Dang>! thank you.
3: <laughs> That's impressive, man. See, you're learning from the best. You see Jerry Bow every week. You pick
4: up on a few things. There's nothing like making money off of kids that make money in college football, <laughs> am I right?
3: <laughs> That's how you do it right there. And we also have a, a special in-studio guest. You guys usually hear her on the phone. We are joined by Holly Seymour in studio today
1: hey guys what's going on happy holidays
3: happy holidays to everybody (laughs) i guess it is already that time of year right well in the third segment we
2: will be having as usual fantasy hdh adhd 713-780-3776 make sure you get all your stardom sit questions ready anything gambling go ahead and call us now we're ready to get this show going so let's talk about fantasy cash from last week what do you got josh
3: Oh man, that was kind of interesting. It's a little confusing, right? Because we, we have last week's and then we also have the Thursday games, which we just had the other day. So I think the big one from last week, right, was T.Y. Hilton. He came through wow. big, didn't he? Remember uh, Fantasy ADHD? He was on him. He was in my, uh, my Flexi article as well. You liked him. I remember also he went off at a big game
2: and I think th- this week we'll jump in him a little bit more later on, but I think he's on track to do the maybe the same thing again, and I have him in all my lineups this week.
3: I, do t- I was just building another DraftKings lineup. I-, I got T.Y. in there. I like him this week again. Actually, in my Keeper League, I-, I made a trade. I went ahead and traded my first round pick for next year just to try and Man. make a push for this year, and I-, and I got T.Y. Hilton for that, so I'm excited about it. It's a Keeper League, so I keep three, so essentially he's a fourth round pick, which is my first pick, but I'm just like, man, I'm going for it. That team is is awesome. I think T.Y. is going to have a big finish to the season.
2: A team that went for it and was paid off very well, the Cowboys, Amari Cooper on, oh, on Thursday. Man. I mean, come on.
3: Man, and I had him in my article for uh, my Flexi article, so I hope everybody saw that. I thought he'd have a big game. I didn't know he'd go two touchdowns big, but he was huge uh, for you who had a who had a really big game from last week. Can you think of anybody that – that really jumps out in your mind that came through. For me, I can tell you my fantasy trash from last week. Who was you got? Demarius Thomas, man. Oh I, I pushed God. him on the show. and I'm sorry, everybody. I'm going to take the L on that one. Uh, he's dead to me until – You know, he makes some catches and they get him in the offense. Like, I'm not trusting him until I see him go out there and get, you know, five to ten targets. And Deshaun's not even looking at him. You can tell he just doesn't trust him. I thought after that bye week that, you know, maybe they kind of get something going, but that did not happen. Kiki QT is obviously somebody he's looking at a lot more than Demarius right now. So everybody out there. Don't use Demarius until he shows you he's worth starting.
2: The person that went off last week that stands out in my eyes, Saquon Barkley.
3: Oh, man. They
2: got him going 35.2 fantasy points. They got him out in space. They had him involved early. They got out. I mean, we all were on the Giants, though. You know, we, we yep. had the Giants from a betting perspective, and they came out of shine.
3: No, no doubt about it. So Saquon's a guy where, man, he's going to be a top two or three pick next year. I mean, don't you think it's going to be him and sure. Gurley and – Uh, I don't know I think they'll definitely be there I think Zeke Elliott man he's ever since Amari Cooper showed up that's something we should talk about too Zeke's been good but he's been fantastic since Amari Cooper joined the show so he's a guy that he's going to be fantasy money for the rest of the season too
2: for sure, and also as far as the bets, is there anything that stuck out from you last week? Because that 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 historic game, the Rams, the Chiefs on that over Monday night game, it was, it was you know that's still. It seems like that was a couple of weeks ago, right? It, it like, does. I mean, it, it really does. It, so much has happened since.
3: I, I agree. That was an amazing game. The Chiefs did cover right, so that was awesome. I think Holly was on that as well, right? I missed
1: that by one, one point. Ooh. Uh, and it, I was like, no. I was so mad, but I mean, hey, it was a great game, so it was worth it. I'll take the L.
2: And I want this. This is going to be the last time I want to talk about this game because I'm I'm really hurt about that game. I was uh, I played in the DraftKings Showdown, right? So it's where you have a captain, and then you pick the other four or four or five players, and then the captain scores twice as many points, but he costs us twice as many. Out of 160,000 people, I got 20th. I had Patrick Mahomes as my captain, so when he threw that touched uh, that interception at the end of Peters, that Cost me one hundred twenty five thousand because I was going to split it. Uh, me and a guy, me and one other guy, had the exact same lineup. We ended up pushing. We we tied for twentieth. So essentially, that uh, yeah, that uh, that interception knocked us down to twentieth. And the guy that won, he had the exact same lineup minus he had Tyreek Hill as his captain minus four points for that interception. We take twentieth, one hundred twenty five thousand gone.
3: Oh, man, that is rough, Jerry. So close. I told him he was going to come in here just like dishing out dollar bills and making it rain this week. I thought week. we were all going to Vegas. Yeah. I was like, yeah. No. We would have been doing this so live from <laughs> yeah, Vegas. We, we would have. That would have been amazing. So close. So close, man. But that's I've why never we play game. Oh, what? What?
2: Oh man, okay, yeah. Well, well I'm going to hit one this week and we're all going to Vegas.
5: <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm honestly,
2: in. that's why we, uh, that's why you play the game. I, I, I was telling Josh, like, I was somewhat upset, but at the same time, hey, you, you put these little $10 nine ups into 160,000 people fields and you close your eyes. And I luckily wasn't watching it. So that would have been more of a heartbreaker. I ended up logging on later and seeing that I had $900 in the account and wondering why. Then I went and looked <laughs> and I started investigating and saw that. So at least it wasn't live because I don't know if I would have made it to today's show. <laughs> <laughs> no i agree i mean that oh that would have been brutal 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 injuries what do we have this week
0: breaking news news flash
5: what's up guys it's a little bit busier this week now that the patriots are back and they list like 90 percent of their players as questionable every week so we've <laughs> got a little bit more stuff to look at tom brady actually uh he made it on the injury report with a knee slash illness he's gonna play he didn't practice um, later on in the week, but they're just making sure that he's ready to go. He's going to play this week. Joe Flacco, he's out, which means Lamar Jackson is starting. And given how much they ran the ball with him, I think if you have to stream a quarterback for whatever reason this week, he might not be the worst option in the world, especially since they're going up against the Raiders. And we all know how awful the Raiders have been this year. Sam Donald's out for the Jets, which means Josh McCown is going to get the start for the Pats. At running back, Doug Martin for the Raiders. He's active. Peyton Barber for the Bucs, he's active as well. Um, over at wide receiver, A.J. Green's doubtful, but he's not going to play this week. It's the same story with Devin Funches. He's doubtful, and he's not going to play. But Torrey Smith, he's questionable, but he is going to play. And so look for him and D.J. Moore to get the majority of the targets out of the wide receiver spot for the Panthers. Uh, Chris Godwin for the Bucks, he's going to be active. Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin are both out and doubtful respectively. So expect Dante Pettis and George Kittle to get a whole bunch of looks. Uh, Moving over to the tight end position, Gronk is questionable, but he said he's going to play. All the reports are that he's going to play, so fire him up if you've got him. And I'll be back after the top of the hour with the official inactive inactives list. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Man, it feels like the Patriots haven't played in like a month, doesn't it? I mean, it's
3: been weeks since they've been out there. So it looks like, you know, like Andrew said, Gronk's going to go. Brady a little banged up. That's why I stayed away from them this week. But I I don't know. It's the Patriots. I'm sure they'll come through, but... I don't know. Gronk just hasn't been the same, man. He's not the same dude anymore.
2: According to the betting percentages, uh, percentages most lopsided bets, New England, minus 13, 84% of the bets, yeah. the tickets. Then the money, though, also on them, though. So not only is the public seeing it that way, the sharp action, the line has now moved to 13. Ooh, Yeah, now they're probably, they're touching crucial numbers there, though. I do have a good bet on this game, but nowhere at 13. I mean, you have a line that was ten and a half, ten 10 range, and now you're Touching 13, maybe even 13 and a half by kickoff with 84 and 79% of the money behind them.
3: Well, this feels like one of those games, right, where the Patriots come back and remind you they're the Patriots. Remember, they got smashed by the Titans in their last game. Um, it just, man, Brady and Belichick coming off a loss. There's, I don't know if there's more money in the bank than that.
1: Ooh, I have some fun stats for you guys when what? we get into that later right. <laughs> on that one because that's actually one of my games of the week.
3: I, I thought it, about picking that one, too. I, I kind of shied away at the last minute. I took Carolina minus three. Um, we'll get into that one a little later, but talk about a team that is two different teams, whether they're home or away this year, the Panthers, man. They're, they're great oh. at home, and they're terrible on the road. <laughs> They just got shellacked a couple games ago. Uh, But I like them at home against the Seahawks. I think they're in a good spot this week.
2: Uh, That game's got a lot of points, shootout potential. I'll have some bets according to theirs, a few prop bets um, in that game. So we have a lot, a lot in store for you. Again, 713-780-3776. Go ahead and get those questions lined up. Let's go ahead and take our first break. This is Monday Line ESPN 97.5.
1: Twitter at money line
4: 975 made it happen I was trapping by the stove big dope inside this back with cases just hit one smoke do me dirty I'ma find you lay your out on the flow 19 with a bag I got rich by myself rather do the alone I wasn't asking for no help they keep asking how I'm winning with the card that I was dealt boy I work hard you star. I said, brother, hold it
0: down, This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh
2: Jordan. Welcome back, Moneyliners. We are in studio with special guest Holly Josh Jordan, my man Cam across the glass, and yours truly Jerry Boat. Let's get into these games. Let's talk some Texans, Josh.
3: Let's do it. We got the Monday Night Football game. I, I think this is actually going to be a pretty good one. It, you know, unless you're not from the Houston area, I can't imagine the rest of the country is like, oh Texans Titans. I can't wait for this. Um, you know, it's not exactly the Browns and the Dolphins, but it's a big game for Texans fans and for Houston. I mean, this is you can really put your foot on the Titans' throat, pay them back for that. That loss earlier in the season. I think they get it done. What we were just kind of talking about during the break is this line has moved quite a bit. It was at six and a half in favor of the Texans. And it looks like it looks like it's down to four now. Which and I always thought I was like, man, that seems like a little too much. So that's why I kind of stayed away from it. But it, to to me, this feels like it should be like a three-point spread for the Texans. Jerry, what, what do you think?
2: I'm, I agree with you. I'm not going to be betting it, I don't think, from, uh, from that four-point spread or whatever it ends up landing at. The thing that sticks out to me here is the way that the Texans have changed the way they're using Watson now. He hasn't had more than 25 pass attempts since week five. So maybe it was the hits that he took in that Cowboys game that made him realize, hey, we won't be lasting all year like this. The same thing that I got to say about Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about that. But... What what are we expecting here? A low scoring game? How many points do the Texans really throw up on that defense? Because we know Tennessee over the last five weeks have been allowing three point seven yards per carry. That's one of the best in the league. They they stifle the run. If you're not throwing that much, where does this how do how do you win this game? How do you cover?
3: Man, this this is tough. I I see the Texans maybe scoring around twenty points, uh, you know, maybe two touchdowns and some field goals. I think you're right. Titans are tough to run on, but they will continue to run the ball because they realize that's what's keeping Deshaun Watson alive is they're not making him drop back so much. So I think they're going to pound the rock a lot with Lamar Miller. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success with it, but I think that's what they have to do in this game. And I think you're right. That Cowboys game, I think Deshaun Watson's like, I can't keep doing this or I'm not going to be able to finish the season. I'm taking way too many hits. He's I think they're smart. They're protecting him. I think this is kind of a low-scoring game. The total's at 41-and-a-half. Yeah, I mean, I see this as like a 20-14, to 14, a game, something like that. You spoke
2: earlier about Demarius being on your trash list. The yeah. return of Kiki Cutie, um was the reason for that. Now, where do we see Demarius Thomas going forward? Because other than those three scripted first-quarter targets against Denver – What else has he been? I think he's had one target.
3: Yeah, he's not looking at him. He doesn't trust him yet. You just you can't do anything with Demarius Thomas until you see him have a big game. So basically, he's worthless to you. Just put him on your bench until he comes through. And even if he comes through once the next week, he might get one target again. He's like, I don't trust him at all. Uh, it's all about D-Hop.
2: Talking about trust, I don't trust Mariota's health and no. the way he plays when he's not 100%. We saw the years start off really, really just rocky for them as a whole. When he finally got healthy, they won a few games, and then now they're going into this with a questionable tag on him, and I don't know what happens here. What if he doesn't play? I mean, does that line move to 6-7 range? Because they already beat the Texans with a backup.
3: And you have to think Texans going to be playing with some emotion, right? Home game after the, the death of Mr. McNair. You know, I think that's going to factor it in a a little bit. I think, you know, that's something to realize. And, man, with Mariota, I mean, they beat them. You know, they beat the Texans without Mariota, you know, the first game of the year or whatever it was. And, you know, I I think the Texans are going to roll. It's funny. I heard this the other day. I don't know if you heard this. It looks like, you know, the Titans are going to have a decision with Mariota, right? Like, are we going to sign this guy? Same thing the Bucks are dealing with with Jameis Winston. I'm hearing the Patriots. I can't remember where I heard oh, this. Man. They're interested in possibly going after Mariota as a you know as a backup plan for when Brady retires. What do you think about that? Could you see him doing well in New England?
2: Don't make me throw up that turkey, yeah. that, <laughs> the good turkey that I've been eating these last couple of days. Man, I just... That's dangerous. That sounds like danger. And just, I, I don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no. want to see it, but Hey, they, uh, Billy check can make anything work before we get off this game. Also, I want to make sure that we talk about the tight end position and how the Texans have been hurt by that. 53 of 67 targets have been caught. Two tight ends have given up 600 yards and five touchdowns, 8.9 yards per attempt. So if you're looking for somebody to rough off the Texans off that Titans offense, look at uh Smith, Jonah Smith.
3: That's interesting. I mean, he's a tough guy to, to trust just, because of who he is. Like, if you ever plugged him in your lineup and felt good about it, like, no, Mm-mm. if it was Delaney Walker, I'd be like, yeah, now we're talking, Exactly. you know, but that's tough. And the way the Texans defense has been playing, my Lord, I, I think they are going to have a big game. I, I really do. I, I think they're going to shut down the Titans. I do
2: as well. And I see, uh, maybe hitting this from a gambling perspective, maybe the Titans team total under, I think that once the Texans yeah. open up a little lead, they're going to be, uh, they'll lean on that run. I know that Tennessee can stop it, but I don't see this being in the 30s, you know. I see a 24-20 game, something like that. So,
3: no, I'm with you. Uh, Holly, anybody else? Anything else on this Texans one before we move on?
1: Um, If anything, I'm with you guys on the under here. I feel safer on that. However, I did play the game. I had it Houston minus six and a half, and I took Titans in the points. Sorry. No, I get it. Houston fans. But, I mean, division game, like you guys said, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I see the Titans maybe putting up seven. That's a much as it's gonna get there
3: yeah I I think they roll at home on Monday night football typically I don't love the Texans in these national games but I I, love them to win I just
1: don't love them by like a big number
3: I do too all right let's jump into the most exciting game of the weekend Jacksonville versus Buffalo uh this one is as the Jags (laughs) No, am I? You guys aren't excited about this one. Uh, we got Jacksonville going to Buffalo. Jags are favored by three. It looks like the over under is thirty seven. I, I I might bet the over under at twenty at this point. Uh, it looks like Josh Josh Allen's going to play this week. Um, you know for fantasy i kind of like leonard fournette i think you know he's somebody that can come through for you but outside of that is there really anything to talk about with this one
2: no buffalo's 13.7 points per game is the last in the nfl i don't like it four and two straight up in the last six versus jacksonville though so a lot of people are leaning that way now from a sharp betting angle People look at motivation. What's the motivation for Jacksonville at the moment? They've come off two big games that they were supposed to, they had to win, right? The Colts game. And then then they give up that game late to the Steelers. So what is the feeling in that locker room knowing that the season's pretty much over? They're done. Their dreams are crushed, right? Now they go from that Jacksonville weather and now they got to go to Buffalo to that. What kind of weather? Against a team that maybe their locker room is the complete opposite coming off. I think they put up, what, 41 points to the Jets and maybe they're, they Their they're mantras are looking up. They're, they're, they're looking maybe for another win or two. Three points is crucial in a game that has such a low total, 37 points. I don't see either of these teams getting off the ball. They're both bottom 10 in scoring. They combine both for 31.3 points, and that's why you see that low total of 37. Um, Jacksonville, 0-5 straight up in the last five. 0-3-2 against the spread in those five games. 3-5-1 and uh, on the road in the last nine against the spread. 1-4 and on the road. Straight up. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Because now you make my stomach hurt even worse (laughs) about this game.
2: (laughs) It's just hard to trust these teams, but motivation and, I mean, what can Jacksonville be – Coming into this season with such high expectations, like that was that trendy team that a lot of people thought, hey, as long as that defense – I mean, what, did, what were we thinking about that defense coming into this year? We thought they were going to – and not to say that they're not, but now that Bordos can't play with a lead, now that he, he doesn't have favorable field position, they're getting tacked
3: up. They are, and they've had some injuries on the O-line. They're not able to run the ball as well as they were anticipating this year, and with Fournette missing most of the season – Thanks, Leonard. Uh, you know, he's coming on now. But, I mean, they're out of it. By the time he's back and he's healthy, they're out of it. Jerry, you always say avoid the, the pretty games, right? Exactly. The, this is an ugly one. So this is one you might be down on this week? Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, you're going to get I'm, down on I'm,
2: it? I'm leaning it's it's it, it makes you feel ugly tapping Buffalo. It does, man. Like when you go up there, or when you go to get Oakland this week, you, you you know you yeah you question yourself. You call your mother and you say, "Mom, I'm about to do this. Don't write me off." But I like Oakland today. I like Oakland. And- well,
5: I'm gonna
1: challenge you because I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give Jacksonville one last shot. This is my last time. Pulling, this is their one shining on moment. On. This is my last time, but I mean i'm not mad at you for that pick, so <laughs>
3: so you're taking the jags uh, all right well you mentioned that other ugly game jerry that's the next one on the docket here oakland at baltimore got baltimore 12 and a half point favorites looks like it's gone up by about a half a point Forty two's the over under on this one uh pick a side what do you got
2: Let's talk about what we learned last week. And we learned that the team that attempted the most pass attempts in the season prior to Lamar Jackson starting ran 27 times. A quarterback, 27 rushes, taking hits. He was taking hits like how uh, Watson was taking against uh, the Cowboys. I know someone this week had to remind him, you won't make it long in this league like that. He was taking hits. He had one little mistake that whole game, 27 carries, I think 13 attempts or something like that. I don't know how they open up a 10-point gap. That's what's rough here. Now, can Oakland score against that defense? Because all they got really credible is, what, Jared Cook? Yeah. I mean, how are they going to move that ball? Doug Martin's trying to become relevant. I mean, how are they going to move the ball against that Ravens defense? But on the other side, you're asking yourself, how can a team that relies so much on the run, even from a quarterback standpoint, how are they going to open up a 10-point lead?
3: Sure. I, I don't see it. It's I, tough. Yeah, I'm. This is one where I, I have no idea what's going to happen for fantasy. I, I mean, I, I, there might be a couple guys I'd roll with here, but, ugh, like, can you trust Doug Martin against the Ravens' defense? I can't. And this is just says stay away to me. I, I know you like the ugly ones, Jerry, but I, I'm running for the hills because I just don't know what to expect. I, I think Lamar Jackson. You can start him in fantasy because you know running quarterbacks they put up numbers that's for sure so he might be somebody you can go with this week and he's, he's pretty cheap someone that's cheap from this
2: game willie sneed led the team last week in targets catches and receiving yards he's been coming along he, he always whether he catches them or not he's seeing seven eight targets every week and that's something that you can attack whenever you uh whenever you he's in the slot this week i think he'll get in the end zone or at least get those 60 70 yards
4: i know this is going to sound crazy but if you're going to start Lamar Jackson, start him as if he's going to be a second flex because he's not going to, I don't think he's going to get you a ton of points, but I think he's going to get you in that range of like 15 or 16 because of his legs. So if you've got a quarterback that's not doing so hot, but you need some points, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a safe bet. I mean, he's ranked 12th. And he's going against Oakland, who can't stop anybody. So and I like he's the, like a flex pick. I like the yep. correlation
2: also if you want to stack the Ravens' defense. Remember that Oakland's playing on that uh, that that negative time clock, right, going across yeah. country first. And Derek Carr, they've given up the Raiders three-plus sacks in seven of eight starts. Fifteen sacks over the past three weeks. Fifteen. If you got them in Daily Fantasy, that's just, you know, that's sacks, points, c- c- tallying up, tallying up. So
3: Yeah, no, no doubt in – I put the Raiders in my DraftKings lineup for defense, just I mean, they're two thousand bucks. You can't really get any cheaper. And I you know, I just figured, you know, he might throw a pick or two. You know, he you know, they may give up thirty points, but I think they might get some turnovers so for me guys with daily I love picking the, the really cheap defenses because you never know who's going to get a you know a pick six kind of on something fluky and then yeah. that's you know that can carry you that's in That's all you need sometimes
2: yeah. sometimes these real expensive defenses they have a decent game they what they put you up 7 points but they cost an extra 1800 2000 that keeps you from getting that extra stud rather than a mid-tier player so look at those things 7137803776 I'm real curious to see what Josh ADHD has as far as defenses this week
3: yeah, no doubt about it. He's going to be joining us on the other side. So we will we will dive into everything daily. Uh, make sure you follow us at Moneyline97.5. That's where we tweet out all our picks, our, our flexi columns, Jerry's yeah, gambling I, picks. Get
2: on this flexi. I've been telling you, he uh, he wrecked it last week. I love what he's got coming up this week. We agreed pretty much on everything. Without We come in here and we try to prep. I didn't even look at his column, and I started naming off players, and he's like, yeah, he's on my thing. He's on my list. So go over to Sports Map right now. You can find all of our work there. and and it's a one-stop shop. AJ stuff, you got the gambling updates, PPR scoring, regular scoring, everything that you need, so get on over there.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it, guys. You definitely want to check out AJ's fantasy ranks. He's doing a great job. I do the PPR stuff. He does the standard, so we have everything there. It's a one-stop shop. But what I really want to talk to you about is where you can go to bet on these games. We know who to play, right? We We know who's going to do well this week. At least we think we have a really good idea where I want to go is to my bookie guys. And that's the reason Vegas made these lines and these fantasy lines is so we can go bet on them. It's that simple. My bookie is a simple way to get your action in on the game. And just remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. Mybookie.ag is the online destination to get action on any game. It's safe, reliable. They've been a business for years, guys. And that's why we recommend them. And that's why we use them. So, I mean, if you, you miss kickoff, like Jerry and I, sometimes we get off the air right at noon and, you know, we want to get action on, the game, well, that's not a problem with MyBookie. They have in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for us fantasy guys, we can bet the over-under. So, we like T.Y. Hilton this week. Go ahead and take the over. I think he's going to have a big game. Just get on your computer or your mobile device, go to MyBookie.ag and get your account started. Right now, they'll match your first deposit. I believe it's half, uh, 50% of your deposit. They will match it. So, get in there. All you have to use is the promo code RADIO. So, if you feel good about a game, like yesterday, I felt good about Ohio State. And you know what? I I didn't get my action in, and man, I really wish I had. So, you want to go to my bookie? You just use the promo code Radio. That'll activate the offer. Go to mybookie.ag today. That's m y b o o k i e.ag, and don't forget to use the promo code Radio. That's right, guys. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag.
1: Nolan Ryan, you're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. Check
4: for the man of the yeah. Uh, oh, Met man of the yeah. Met man, 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 man of the bounce, rusty girls everywhere, hands hands, hands in the air, so party over here. Check for the man of the year, yeah, oh, uh, Met man, man of the yeah. Met man, man of the bounce, rusty girls everywhere, hands hands, hands in the air, so party over here.
0: This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5.
4: And on ESPN
0: 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com
2: studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, the man of the hour, the man of week 12. You can find them at Fantasy ADHD on Twitter. What's going on,
6: Josh? <laughs> How much fellas how are y'all doing this
3: Sunday? Man, we are doing fantastic. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoyed all three of those games. A little lackluster a few of them, but we're ready to get going this week. Uh, everybody get your calls in 713-780-3776 713-780 ESPN. Get your calls in and let's uh, let's get started here, Josh. Give me uh, give me a player that you have a lot in your uh, a lot of your lineups this week. Somebody you think's going to come through.
6: Well, with the news that we just got a few minutes ago regarding Alex Collins being out this week, I'm really pivoting hard over to Gus Edwards. I think he's going to see a pretty heavy carry volume this week. They have an excellent, excellent uh, game script that should be in their favor with Oakland Raiders coming to town. Oakland's going to be playing three hours early on their body clocks, and typically that's a situation you want to fade if you want to look at the Raiders. So Gus, uh, Gus Edwards is a guy I'm looking really hard at right now.
3: All right, all aboard the Gus bus, the So, Gus so bus. get on there. What do you got there, Jerry? How about the
2: confirmation of what the Ravens, I guess, are going to maybe do, not as far as 27 carries every week, but what do you see going forward as far as Lamar Jackson? Do you think that he's somebody that you should start knowing that you're going to get those rush yards?
6: Yeah, I mean, the floor is going to be there. I mean, if it's not 27, I think it's probably going to be 15 at a minimum. And if you could get a quarterback that's going to get 15 carries, I think you need to play him. Pretty much on a weekly basis, unless you have a better option, you know, and the better option is going to be guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, you know, guys with heavy pass volume that have a, a high touchdown equity. Otherwise, yeah, I think Jackson's a great play this week.
3: Yeah, I kind of like him too. Another guy at quarterback I really like this week is Baker Mayfield. What do you expect from him this week?
6: Yeah, I like Baker Mayfield quite a bit. The only concern I have is that Cincinnati may not be able to put up much of a fight. You know, they're still missing AJ Green and we've seen Cincinnati so far without A.J. Green. They just don't seem to have it. So I have some concerns there that, that Cincinnati is going to be able to put up the fight required for Mayfield to really hit his ceiling.
2: How about someone like, and, and it makes me nauseous saying it, but is Eli Manning becoming revel- relevant again, or is it just the matchups he's had as of late because today is a prime one as well?
6: Yeah, I think today. I don't know if it's as prime as we think it is because Philadelphia still has an excellent pass, rush, and they, they create quite a few problems for quarterbacks just with their front four. And then, you know, New York, on the other hand, they allow quite a bit of business in their in their, uh, in their backfield through uh, quarterback hurries, quarterback pressures, and whatnot. So this may not be quite the peachy matchup that it seems. Uh, I do like Manning uh, as a tournament play this week. I wouldn't use him in cash at all. And I think it might actually cap some of the potential that, that folks think this game might have.
2: 713-780-3776. We have Fantasy ADHD on Josh from Roto Grinders and Fantasy Insiders, ready to answer all your questions. I have a few myself here. Let's talk about defenses this week. What are you looking for as far as defenses? Are you looking for somebody like uh Jacksonville in that low scoring total, but they're they're worth four thousand they cost, or are you looking to go cheap this week? As I know you usually look for some cheap options, don't you?
6: Yeah, I'm almost always looking at a cheap option. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. I'm almost always looking for a cheap option. But this week, I'm just not seeing the cheap option that I normally do. I, I think the, the defense I like the most this week, especially as the tournament plays Pittsburgh in Denver, uh, I, I like it because Case Keenum, he throws interceptions. I think Denver's going to have to throw the ball quite a bit in this game. That's what you want your defense to see is a lot of – they want to see a lot of pass plays. They want to see a team that's trying to, to you know push the risk a little bit to play catch-up. I think these factors are going to happen with Pittsburgh and Denver. So I really like Pittsburgh quite a bit. Um, the other defenses I'm looking at are the Chargers. The Chargers seem like a pretty obvious play because they're facing Arizona who has, they did a full offensive line and allow tons and tons of pressure on Josh Rosen. So I think with Joey Bosa back uh, on the defensive line for the Chargers, we can, we could probably, you know, put them at a pretty safe floor and probably potentially get a, a score or two against the Cardinals. The Baltimore Ravens are a pretty easy play this week, I think, because of all the pressure that they create all over the field for for offenses, and the fact that you know Oakland is just—they're Oakland. They're bad. They're just a bad team. You mentioned Jacksonville. Jacksonville's pretty interesting. Um, Buffalo's pretty decent at home for the most part, but yeah, you know the thing is, obviously they're starting Josh Allen again this week. So Josh Allen is a—he's kind of an easy button for defenses. So I can certainly see paying up for Jacksonville. This week, you know, Jacksonville, they looked better the past six quarters. You know, they looked good in the second half against Indianapolis. They looked pretty decent last week against Pittsburgh until their offense. Uh, and really their, their coaching failed them in the second half of that game. So I, I liked all those plays.
2: Great. Let's go over to the HRMP listener line. Kyle, you're on Moneyline. What's going on?
6: Hey, uh, I'm in a standard league, uh, 12 teams. I just need a flex out of uh, Curtis Samuel, John Ross, or, uh Naim Hines. I'll hang up a list. Thanks. Yeah, I'd say those three, I think John Ross is probably the, the best play to make there. I, I don't mind Curtis Samuels, but the, the thing with Samuels is his floor is zero. So you have to be willing to take a zero if you're going to play him. Now, I think he has a high ceiling as well, but I think John Ross is a pretty, I think he's a similar player. Ross's floor is a little bit higher because A.J. Green is out. I think Ross's ceiling is also higher because A.J. Green is out. So I think I'd go with Ross
2: we got a question from Twitter. It comes from Chris Barron. PPR scoring, who should I put on my flex? Boyd, Josh Adams, or Edelman?
6: I think of that bunch, I would probably play Edelman. Edelman's got the best floor. I think Edelman has an excellent ceiling this week. I do like Josh Adams. Um, you know, with the news coming out that they're going to feature Josh Adams, I would probably maybe put the brakes on that just a little bit. Philadelphia is well known for splitting their running back work between two or three guys. They've got three healthy guys right now. I think all three guys are going to see a decent amount of work. Now, Adams might get the lion's share of that split, but that might be 12 carries and four targets, you know, so I think his, uh, his ceiling is capped because of that, unless for some reason they get in a really wild game script and just feed him 20, 20 touches. But, you know, out of that bunch, I think I'm going to go. Um, I'm the first, the first guy we talked
3: about. There you go. What about a uh, tight end for me is kind of a little tricky this week with three games already happening on Thursday, some limited options this week. Is there anybody you're targeting this week at tight end?
6: If we're looking for cheap tight end, I think it's going to be pretty difficult. I, I need some news on David Najoku, if he's going to play or not. If I have that information, it should be out by now. I just haven't checked the, the wires. But I like David Najoku this week. I think a lot of folks are going to be on Cameron Brait
0: yeah. with O.J.
6: Howard going on IR. I think Brait's a fine play. I don't think he's a dynamite play. I just think he's okay for the price. He can be worse for sure. Um, I still like Jeff Hyrman in Denver. I think he's still going to see a pretty decent target play. And I mean, he got there, for us last week. He didn't score a touchdown, but he did fine. Um, you know, other than that, I'm going to be looking at guys that are going to be expensive. I'm looking at Olsen. I'm looking at Gronkowski. I'm looking at Ertz. I'm looking at Kittle. I think Kittle's probably the best player of the bunch this week, given the defense that San Francisco faces, given the injuries on the wide receiver front. I like him quite a bit. So, um, outside of that, I think you're looking at Indianapolis tight ends. Either one, Ebron or Doyle. Or you play those guys, and I think you're happy pretty much all around.
4: Hey, Josh. So... I'm pretty sure that Melvin Gordon's not going to play, which means that uh, Eckler's going to get a lot of touches. He's fallen off since week seven. But what, what, is, is he a must-start if Gordon's no good to go?
6: Uh, I'm, I'm very cautious about that. I still think that you know, Arizona's got a pretty decent run-stopping defense for the most part. I mean, they, they, they focus on stopping the run. That's something that, that Steve Wilkes uh, has, has kind of touted there since showing up is that they're going to stop the run. They focus very heavily on it. I, I think I'm probably off Eckler. I don't think the ceiling's going to be there for him. Um, yeah, is it possible he gets 20 carries today? Yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, I just it, I think there's too much risk there for me to play him.
2: All right, let's talk about the uh, New England backfield in a little bit more detail. I have a question for you because I'm looking and I see James White as the fifth most expensive running back right and over david johnson's of the world the mixins the four nets but then a little bit down that list you have sony michelle how do you see the backfield playing out in new england and are you rostering any of them because i know that the jets like to blitz and i know new england and brady have been struggling against the blitz do you think that james white gets uh, an uptick in receptions as they use the short pass game to take
6: away that blitz um I, I, yeah, I think it's possible. you know, James White's just expensive this week. you know he's 7400 dollars. It's, it's hard to it's hard to go for a running back in, in, of his, I guess of his archetype, which is the pass catcher pure pass catcher at that price. I like Michelle quite a bit this week. I, you know, I think that Michelle's going to probably get 20 touches. I think he's going to see a few targets. He's going to be on the field when they blitz, and he's going to be an outlet receiver just like James White would be. So I, I think I like Michelle of that there much more this week.
3: There you have it, 713-780-3776. Get your fantasy calls in for Josh, and I've got one here from Twitter, Josh. I like both of these guys. Uh, Javier wants to know Marlon Mack or Philip Lindsay this week.
6: Uh, I think they're pretty much the same. I, I I don't mind either player, really, to be honest. I think you flip a coin and, and hope for the best. I don't really have a lead one way or the other.
3: <laughs> I was asking you because I felt the exact same way. So, sorry, Javier, They're they're pretty similar, so... Like Josh said, flip a coin and hope for the best.
2: Let me ask you something about these slates that when I was involved in, actually, that uh, those showdown slates um, or those primetime, whatever you want to call them, where it's just that one game and you have to pick the players and one of them is a captain and he's cost twice as much, but scores twice as much. What is a, a strategy people could use for that, man? Like, what are you using usually as a captain? Are you loading up on quarterback? Because the reason I didn't win was because the guy had Tyreek Hill. So what do you, what is a strategy that people could kind of use for that, even if it's basic?
6: Um, you know, I think typically you don't want to get too crazy with your captain pick. Like, you don't want to go down to the lowest salary you could possibly find and just pick a guy that you hope gets a couple of touches and put him in your captain's spot so that you can jam a lot of high price guys. in. I, that's a strategy that won't win you very often. I mean, it, it could happen occasionally. There's a series on Grinders done by a gentleman named Kevin Cole where he examines showdown matchups, and, and he examines the 100 closest games to the game that's about to play out. And he looks at the lineups that seated in those 100, uh, in those 100 games, and all the combinations that could be made from those all those players. And it's pretty interesting what happens there. Then typically, it looks uh, you'll want to you know have at least one quarterback and, and most likely two quarterbacks on your roster. Uh, you'll want to pair them up with one pass catcher at least. And then depending on the matchup, you may want to have two running backs. You may want to have two tight ends. And the, the mixture comes from the way the game sets up from a spread and, and a game total standpoint. I highly recommend checking out a series. It's called Binding Your Edge on Roto-Grinders. And he goes into the detail about how to build the lineups. But in general, for me, what I do is I look for players that I think are going to get the best touch volume for the night. And that's kind of the guy that I put in my captain spot. Typically, it's a wide receiver. There will be cases where I will use a running back and captain. If I think a team has a decided advantage on the field, we'll have, you know, a, a good lead through the second half and be able to give that that running back a lot of carries, a lot of touches. Then I'll kind of slide toward putting that running back in catching, but that's not too often. So my, my, my general advice is don't try to get cute. Don't try to go for these really, really high upside in floor plays where guys can get zero. Um, you have to realistically use players that are going to see, I'd say, you know, three to four touches at a minimum. Otherwise, I think you're just really swinging for the fences, and you may end up just, you know, bubbling everything at the end of the day.
2: I love it. I love it. I wanted to make sure that I asked that question because I know a lot of people get involved in those slates and it's a total different way of approaching the game rather than just filling up a whole lineup. And I learned that the hard way this week with Mahomes throwing uh, that pick and that would knock me back to 20th. So Yeah,
3: Jerry almost came away with a, a lot of money. So <laughs> it was really close. So maybe next time with Josh's advice, that you might be able to come through with that one.
2: And also, you hear him reference the Roto-Grinders. That's the the premium stuff there. That's all everything I use. I'm looking at it right now as we speak. I mean, it's wonderful. I'm looking at wide receivers right now. It tells you the, the O-line sack rates, the D-line sack rates, the likely cornerbacks on them. It tells you everything. It gives you contrarian ratings, everything that you need in one spot. Make sure you go over there and check out all their work.
4: Hey, Josh, for $3,900, Peyton Barber, he's averaging 17 touches the last two weeks. What are your thoughts on him?
6: I'm... Ah oh, man, he's tough for me because he he doesn't see a lot of pass volume. And it, my opinion is that Tampa Bay doesn't really care about the running game. I think they run for the for the look of a run game. Like, okay, well these guys might run a little bit, so we're going to run a little bit and show them a run look so we can throw more. I mean, it, it's an air raid offense for all intents and purposes. So I think they really they just kind of run a little bit. to keep defenses honest, and they don't care how productive it is because they're going to make their money, you know, throwing the ball. So. I, I'm always hesitant about Peyton Barber for that reason. I, early in the season, I didn't learn that lesson. I used him in some bad spots because I thought the volume was there, like you just mentioned. I mean, he's getting these touches, and he sees a few targets, but he doesn't find the end zone all that often, and they're not productive touches. They just haven't been all season. So I would think I would rather, you know, do you use him in a tournament lineup? Yeah, I think you could probably use them at, you know, 5% of your exposure in tournaments, and you'll have leverage on the field. I don't see any problem with that. And it doesn't really expose you a whole lot to, to the risk that he poses of, you know, putting up, you know, five points on the week. That said, at that price range, I think there's some better pivots. Like you could pivot to Josh Adams this week. You could pivot to Gus Edwards this week, and they're at a similar price range. And I think those guys give you much higher floor, much higher, uh, ceiling. The equity for scoring touchdowns is a lot better with those two players. So I, again, it's um, you could have a just a small percentage and have leverage on the field. That's fine. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't go crazy with it.
3: There you have it. I want a little bit of reaction to some of the Thursday games, Josh. With uh, the Saints' running backs, you know, Kamara and Ingram. Do you see this being a a problem going forward? Where you know maybe Drew Brees is going to keep throwing to receivers that nobody's heard of and getting fantasy points where, you know, Ingram and, and Kamara are going to suffer a little bit? Or do you think that was just kind of, you know, that was just one game and both of those guys, you know, should be pretty good going forward?
6: I think it's, I, you know, I think it's twofold. Like, I think I think that New Orleans is putting stuff on film for their opponents to think about. And, that, I mean, that's smart for New Orleans to do that. Is it frustrating for, you know, fantasy owners that jammed in Michael Thomas and 100% of the lineups? You bet it is. Because, you know, they were thinking Michael Thomas was just going to destroy Atlanta. Yeah. And I think in, in a lot of cases, I mean, if this were midseason, if this were early in the season, that's what would have happened. But, it, you know, it didn't happen now. It's later in the season. New Orleans is trying to get more guys involved because they, they got their eyes on the Super Bowl. So going forward, yeah, I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to spread the ball out. It, it behooves them to do that as a, like from a real NFL uh, standpoint that they need to spread the ball out. They need Trey Smith involved. They need Keith Kirkwood involved. You know, they need to get Austin Carr involved a little bit. And, you know, so far as the running backs, I think the same thing's going to happen. I mean, they're just trying to distribute the workload, keep everybody as healthy as they can. They don't want to wear anybody down because they've got four more weeks of football after the regular season to think about.
3: That That's good advice there. Not, by the same token, is Amari Cooper legit now? Is, is he for real every week? It looks like, you know, if he's getting around 10 targets a week, kind of like Dez was back when they were really productive, he could be a, a fantasy winner going forward.
6: Yeah, absolutely right. And this is this is what we expected Oakland to do with him. You know, for back in March when when they had hired John Gruden, John Gruden came out and said, we're going to target this guy relentlessly. He's the number one pick. He's a good player. And then they didn't do it. And I think what we're finding out is Derek Carr didn't do it. Yeah. Derek Carr opted out of throwing the ball to his best player. And now we see a team that's using this player. You know, they, they invested the, the number one pick in trading for him. They, I think they realize the importance of having that type of player on the team, and they're going to feed the guy. And it looks like that Prescott trusts him already. I mean, he threw in the triple coverage to him on a on a read that wasn't even supposed to be happening on that play, just because I think he felt like a good thing could happen if he threw it to Cooper. So, if we're starting to develop that synergy there between Prescott and Cooper, I mean, I just think it's pedal to the middle from here on out for the rest of the season.
2: A true magician never gives all, all his tricks, but bless the people with a few people that, uh, a few players that should be in everyone's lineups this week.
6: Oh, man. Um, you know, the, the stack that I'm on this week that I really, really like, and it's, I, I don't know if it's a contrarian or not, but I like Ben Roethlisberger and James Conner at Denver putting those two guys together. Uh, you don't even have to put a pass catcher with Ben Roethlisberger. I think you could just run him, for all intents and purposes, naked and pair him with Connor, I think they have a relatively decent correlation. I do think Pittsburgh's going to get the better part of the Broncos in this game. So I really like stacking those two players together. You could add the Pittsburgh defense with those two players if you'd like and just run to kind of a mini onslaught. And, you know, if you wanted to run back with some Denver players, I think you could run it back with Manny Sanders. You could run it back with Courtland Sutton, Philip Lensley. Any of those three players I think is fine. You could even use Jeff Hireman, uh in a tournament lineup because he's relatively low-priced. But so I kind of like that game stack this week. Otherwise, I think if you wanted to really put together a unique tournament lineup, you might put in both tight ends from Indianapolis in a lineup. You know, run one at tight end, one at flex. It would give you some real, uh, real nice price flexibility at other spots, particularly running back and high price wide receiver. And you know, I think there's a high potential both of these tight ends for Indianapolis today get loose and, and both get scores and both maybe even go close to 100 yards because Miami's bad against tight ends. I mean, they've been they just been hammered by tight ends this year. You know, Michael Roberts from Detroit for two touchdowns on him a few weeks ago. I mean, and Michael Robertson is not a good tight end. So, I think we can look for maybe at just like this this mini Indianapolis tight end onslaught against Miami, and I think that would be a pretty interesting
2: play too. Ooh, that is interesting. Ooh, I like that a lot. Man, amazing, amazing stuff. As always, the most underrated guy in this industry. I'll die saying that stuff, man. I'm a big fan of yours, and and I, I, I'll i continue to use everything that you put out there, man, to help me as far as my gambling. I use that as far as my gambling props. People ask, to ask me, how do you come up with these numbers and stuff? Hey, man, I'm cheating off of Josh ADHD. Go ahead and tell the people a little bit what you got going on.
6: Yeah, so you can find my work over at Fantasy Insiders. Uh, I, I develop apps over there. We've got the Air Yards app for visualizing. Visual. Let me try that again. Visualizing. Golly, man, I'm, I'm bad today. But so looking at the way the defenses, and offenses, you know, defend defend the pass and, and attack the passing game. Um, so, so we have that out there. We also have the uh, player usage app, which shows you know it shows snaps for every week. It shows stats for every week. We also look at receiver alignment and uh, QB pressure. Uh, statistics in those apps so we've got that out there and and really that's that's kind of my thing i don't write articles i don't do a a ton of of podcasts i don't talk a lot but what i do is i build tools for people to make better decisions on their lineups every week i
2: appreciate that at fantasy adhd is where you can find this man thanks again for joining us as always all right, fellas. Y'all have a good Sunday. Let's go make some money.
3: Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, Josh. And I think it is going to be a good Sunday, and I think I, I might have a few drinks, I think, Jerry, because I don't know if you know this, I took off Monday. He's off tomorrow. I, I am off tomorrow, so that means I'm going to get pretty lit watching these games, And but I'm not going to want to feel terrible tomorrow, right? And. Yo soy fiesta. Uh, yes, see, 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 And I had a, I had a few yesterday, too. I, I'm not gonna lie. But you know what I had? I had my Thrive Plus. Thrive Jerry. Plus! I my Thrive Plus. So you know what? I feel great today. I don't feel bad at all. And guys, let me tell you about Thrive Plus, okay? Once you hit about the age of 30 or so, even a little bit of alcohol can make you feel, you know, less than your best the next day. And even just a few drinks, and you can be hurting a little bit. But not if you have Thrive Plus. I started using it. It's a vitamin you take whenever you drink alcohol. To use Thrive Plus, you just Take three capsules, that's it, after your last beverage or before you go to bed, and you're going to feel better the next day. It's designed to reduce alcohol's negative effects by giving your liver what it needs to process alcohol and its toxic byproducts. Now, obviously, I'm no scientist. I, I talk fantasy football, but I have tried it, and it totally works. I even... Like, they gave me some samples, and I even bought my own bottle. I went over to Thrive, and and I ordered three bottles, actually. They had a really good discount. They got it to me the next day, so it's really cool. If you order before, like, 3 or 4 o'clock, it'll be there the next day because they're Houston-based. So don't just take my word for it. The product was recently shown on Shark Tank. The founder is an Ivy League graduate, and they have five PhDs on their team. I met Brooks, really cool dude. I met him at the Pub Crawl. So if you don't feel at least 50% better the next day, they'll give you your money back, guys. There's actually no risk. So whether you're having one drink, five, or many, just take three uh, Thrive Plus capsules afterwards. It's that simple. You're going to start feeling better when you wake up. Thrive Plus is Houston-based. So like I said, if you order before 4 p.m., you'll have it the next day. If you want to order, just go to Thrive Plus and uh, go to DecideThrive.com. That's where you're going to want to go, DecideThrive.com. Put in your order. They're even on Amazon, so you can order it that way. So, guys, I don't drink without Thrive. Plus, and you should not either. So go to DecideThride.com.
0: Twitter.
1: Follow the show on Twitter at MoneyLine97.5.